the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, December 26th, 2010. They bowed down and worshipped him. Good morning, Connection Church. Is it snowing out yet? It is. Okay, we knew it was snowing in Smyrna. Uh, when we started the last service, and so I guess it's, it's starting. Now, I'm just curious, how many of you saw on the internet, got the internet email that we're not having 11 o'clock? Okay, that's good. So those of you who uh, didn't receive that, maybe you just didn't check your email. I applaud you for that on Christmas Day. However, some of us continue to be on email. Um, anyway. Well, well, wait a minute. How many are here now would have normally been here at 11 because of that email? Okay. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. A few of you. And some at 8.30 came, and they normally come at 9.45. Here's the thing. It's really, really important for us to have your contact information. So if you did not receive the email that was sent out, it's because we don't have you in this particular part of the system. Be sure to write it on your attendance form, put a big star, say remember to get me in that mass email so that we can communicate with you the important things like we're not having 11 o'clock worship. If you're not on email, um, that's okay. Just call the church office because we will update the church office um, answering machine as well. And it's also on our website. So any question about the weather, either call in, check the website, or check your email because there will be an announcement made that way. We really, really want for everybody to be able to be connected during times like these. And we applaud you for getting up and showing up and being here this morning. Okay, so... After Jesus was born in Bethlehem, in Judea, some magi, also known as the wise men, they were from the east, they came to Jerusalem looking for the king of the Jews. They had seen his star in the eastern sky and they came to worship him. Now, the king of the region, King Herod, heard of their inquiry, and they felt very, he felt very, very threatened. So he gathered the priests and the religious leaders to find out where the Messiah was to be born, and he, he was told Bethlehem, and he shared this with the wise men, and he was pretending to be oh so religious, oh so pious, very devout, and he wanted the wise men to bring back the information that they found out about this baby, the Christ child, so he could also worship him as well. And so the wise men continued on their way following that same star that had led them this far. It went ahead, and as Scripture tells us, stopped over the place where the child was to be found. And they entered the house, Scripture tells us, They saw the child with his mother, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And then they offered him gifts of gold, you know the story, frankincense and myrrh. You know, we three kings, yeah. Yeah. So they bowed down and worshipped him. Will you say that again with me? 
They bowed down and worshipped him. That's pretty incredible when you think about it. Here we have these, these wise men, these scholars, grown-ups from, different, from a different region, different religious background, different culture, and they came to see this child, the Christ child, and when they saw him, what did they do? They bowed down and they worshipped him. And so we'd like to take a couple of moments this morning to focus on this idea, to look more closely at what it means to worship. What it means to worship. So once again, good morning and Merry Christmas, Connection Church. Good morning. Yeah, yeah. My name's Alan Jones. And I'm Carrie Jones. And we're two sinners who've been saved by the grace of Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, who we celebrate his birth this season. Let's pray. Holy God, thanks for a great day. Thanks for calling us here that we might once again celebrate the birth of your Son. And we um, pray that you would open our hearts to your Spirit, open us to your Word at this time, help us to uh, realize once again new life in Christ. It's in his name. And in your Holy Spirit we pray, and All Connection Church said, Amen. Okay, so the wise men, the Magi, traveled from the east when they saw Jesus, who was a mere child, and they worshipped him. So what does that mean, worship? Did they have a service like we're having today where we, you know, where they sang and they maybe saw a skit or some video or had a preacher stand up and say something? Absolutely not. (laughs) That's not what we're talking about. Those are things that we do as a part of a worship service. But what does it mean to worship? What does worship really mean? Okay, so if we look at the scriptures... You know, originally the scriptures, uh, Old Testament was written in he- uh, Hebrew, New Testament in Greek. So it's interesting to look at those languages and see what words are translated into worship and what that means. In Hebrew, the word is shacha, and the Greek word proskuneo account for more, those two words account for more than 80% of the word in scripture translated as worship in the English versions of the Bible. Both of these words mean to bow down. They don't mean have a Sunday morning celebration within, that's not what they mean. They mean literally just to bow down. Shaka is used of bowing or prostrating oneself, prostrating, laying out, laying out so to speak. And the Greek word proskuneo, the one used in the scripture passage this morning because it's New Testament, it's from the Greek, that comes from the Greek word pros, P-R-O-S, meaning to or toward. Remember your old high school English class there? And then the, the kuneo means to kiss. So literally, what that worship means is to kiss the hand of someone in token of reverence for that person. And then it extends to this. Those in the east, they, uh, it would mean to fall upon one's knees and to touch the ground with the forehead. Now, if you, when the logo comes back up for this morning's message, you'll notice kind of an outline of someone, and their head is literally touching the ground there. That's an expression of extreme reverence, extreme humbling of oneself before that other person, or in our case, before uh, God. Hence, in the New Testament, um, it means uh, worship, 
proskuneo, worship means kneeling or laying prostrate to show extreme honor or respect for the one that is being worshipped. The examples of worship in the Bible confirm that in the biblical culture, people did bow down before those whom they wanted to show reverence or honor. In Genesis chapter 19, verse 1, we see where Lot bowed his face to the ground before the two strangers who turned out to be angels. In Exodus 18.7, we read where Moses bowed down and kissed his father-in-law. And in uh, 1 Samuel 25.23, we read where Abigail bowed her face to the ground before David. Now, these are just three examples of the many, many in Scripture, but they show that when someone wanted to honor someone else, they would fall down before that other person. The act of falling down is called worship and reveals the heart of the worshiper, respect and honor towards the one being worshiped. The Bible gives us some additional insight in terms of what we should do when we worship. Let's take a look. Okay, let's take a look first of all at bow down. As we've been saying, that really is the basis of all worship. Psalm 95 verse 6 says, in fact, say it with me, come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. What a beautiful picture of expressing subordination and respect. Bowing down to a person for us is quite strange. We don't, we don't do that, but we ask for you to consider your position before the Lord. Consider your position before the Lord. When was the last time that you bowed down in reverence, in honor, in awe of the Lord? I don't mean some little nod in God's direction, but really your face to the ground in adoration of God. This reverence, this surrender to God. Bowing down or um, being on your knees for some of us doesn't feel very natural. Even prostate, you know, down. And that's okay. That's okay. But we encourage you to give it a try. I remember in this place, this when we were getting ready to move from there to here, the leadership team came in on a Saturday night, and there were some others. Catherine, I know you remember this. We laid all across this place, our face down on this carpet. Randy, were you here when we did that? No. I remember when we did that, and it was such a sweet, sweet time. Our face down before the Lord in honor. And Murray, I know it was so sweet in reverence and all just expecting that God was going to, you know, show up and do a mighty thing as we together connect, wanted to connect people with Jesus and the life he offers. You know, whether, whether we do that here in church, which we can, get on our knees or get face down, 
or whether you do it at home, we encourage you to bow down before the Lord because that's what Scripture commands us to do. So on the one hand, we, we bow down our forehead to the ground, and then almost the complete opposite, we're also in Scripture told to lift up our hands, to lift up our hands. Psalm 134.2 says, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and worship the Lord. You know, and <laughs> we went to church, we didn't even know, we went to church next door to each other when we were little. And uh, in, in neither of those churches, we raised hand to ask a question in that church. <laughs> you, it's you, Sunday or, school. Yeah, or Sunday school, or in church, uh, yeah, well, if there was a meeting or something. But this wasn't generally part of worship for us. That, that wasn't like when we were singing and all. It was pretty much, well, you were holding a hymnal, and you didn't see the hands going up. That, that wasn't part of it. Um, and it's interesting and kind of odd when you think about it because raised hands is so rich in meaning when it comes to worship. Okay, so Sean Jackson's hand went up as he went back over that goal line, didn't he? He went with that Eagles uh, game. And then all of, we were at home, and we're like, woo-hoo, yay! Because, because he didn't all drop right. the football. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Woo! Um, but isn't it natural when we're excited to just, like, put our hands up and reach to the sky? Yeah. You ever watch one of those cop shows on TV? And what do they say when put your hands up, right? Now, God doesn't say put your hands up <laughs> and worship, but in effect, it's similar in meaning because what they're doing is they are surrendering, and we're surrendering when we put our hands up. Now, uh, we're not afraid God's going to shoot us if we don't put our hands up. Um, actually, rather than uh, being taken into custody, putting our hands up really for us offers us freedom. We, we, you know, it's an expression of our freedom in Christ, isn't it? Yeah, it's glorious. So one last example of arms raised is think about when, um, if you're a mom or a dad or a Grammy or a poppy, and I know this morning I, I got up and there's, you know, my little Isabella sitting right there on the steps just like waiting for somebody to wake up, and she does this as soon as she sees me. And wouldn't it be cool? It's not cool. Wouldn't it be important for us to put our hands up like Daddy, Abba Father, pick me up, carry me, take me, hold me close. That's what we're talking about, to reach to the Lord and surrender and honor and praise. And you know what? If you're not comfortable doing that here, that's okay. That's okay. But we encourage you to give it a try. If not here, when you're at home and you have some praise music on, or if you're reading scripture, or if you're on your knees, raise your hands up to the Lord. <laughs> because that's what Scripture tells us to do. It's a sign of worship. And then another thing we can do, and this is really important, is to be still before God. Psalm 46.10 shares this. It says, Be still and know that I am God. We live in a pretty loud world, don't we? There's always something. Last service, just as I was saying that, the heater came on. It makes a lot of noise in here. You know, even, even just the things in the room sometime 
uh, are noisy, and, and we're not used to being quiet a lot. And sometimes that quietness makes us a little uneasy. You know, in church, even in church or sometimes, if we have uh, a quiet space, we call it dead space. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? For some, it actually might be a live space because that's a time when you could really focus in. Um, we, we can't be afraid of those quiet times. We, we need silence sometimes because um, silence is our time where we can really listen to the Lord. And, and maybe that silence, if it makes you uneasy, uh, feels a little unnatural, um, that's okay. We encourage you to try to find quiet time, silence, before the Lord is a sign of worship. In fact, why don't we just take a couple of minutes now, just quiet. We won't even be talking. And just kind of center on the Lord here for just a, a moment or two, okay? Let's just focus. Amen. 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 Silence before God is a sign of worship. Well, be still before him, and on the other end of that spectrum, a sign of worship is shouting for joy. You know, there is a time to be still, but there is a time to shout. I love the verses in Psalms. There are so many verses in Psalms that, that talk about that. Let us, shout it, let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. I think around here we uh, do that pretty well when we're worshiping, when we sing, and even some of us kind of dance and get moving, and that's in the Bible too, by the way. Worship calls us to shout for joy, to dance before him. Now that may feel unnatural to you, and that's okay. That's okay. But we encourage you to give it a try. If not here, do it at home. Shout for joy before the Lord. Go ahead and sing his praises by dancing before the Lord. We have an audience of one. And it is the Lord our God. And it's a sign of worship to do just that. Mm. I was just thinking you can do it in your car. It just you don't want to close your eyes when you're doing <laughs> oh, it. Oh, I do that car dancing that all the day, time. You know, but you can sing to the Lord while you're driving. And, you know, throughout all this, though, an important thing to remember is this. Worship is not a one-hour thing on Sunday morning. It's not just a one-hour thing. On, it's not something, you know, we have our to-do list. All right, got worship out of the way for this week. Now I can go on to the important stuff. You know, actually, we should be worshiping God 
with our very lives, with all we say, with all that we do. We should be worshiping God with how we spend our time, our talent, our treasure, with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength. And even though worship is more than an hour or two or three, guys, thank you so much for all the time you put in uh, on Sunday morning. We do set the hour aside to honor our God. And we sing and we use drama and we use media and video and, and a message to express our love for God. And as a result of this, sometimes we say things like, wow, worship was really good today. Or we might say, I didn't get much out of worship today. Or something like that. If worship, true worship is bowing down, showing reverence. If it's honoring and respecting God, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, then how can worship be good or bad? You know, there are aspects of the service that can either encourage or discourage worship. They can enhance or they can detract from our worship. But if we're worshiping God, if we are truly worshiping God, can it really be qualified in terms of good or bad? We're going to sing a song now that we've shared before. Many of you may be familiar with it called The Heart of Worship. The Heart of Worship. Uh, it talks of the one who wrote the song, who, you know, writes songs for a living. <laughs> I think it's Matt Redman, if I'm not mistaken. You know, he's trying to get back to, okay, what, what's this worship thing truly all about? Sometimes we kind of forget what it's all about. And while we're singing, give some thought to your worship, to humbling yourself, to laying prostrate, kissing the hand of the Holy One, putting your head to the ground, your forehead to the ground, uh, not just this morning, but with your very lives. Are you like the wise men, bowing down and worshiping Jesus? What's at the heart of your worship? Take some time during the song to prayerfully think about this. You can come up front, put your head to the carpet. That's fine. You know, it's a, a great place to do that. In your seats, just or while you're standing singing, you can just think, give some thought to what is at the heart of your worship. You know, normally we take our offering much earlier in the service, but today we wanted to do it at this point because we just wanted to remind you that offering, again, isn't just something on the checklist, oh, let me dig in my pocket, grab a couple bucks and throw it in to pay the light bill, although that is how we do pay the light bill, but it's much more than that because it is an act of worship. It's an act of bowing down, of reverence, of saying, God, you are in charge, and all I have is yours. Thank you. And this is my opportunity to, uh, to, to tithe back what you've called me to do here. And so today during the offering, uh, just take a moment, if you would, and just think about how your offering, again, that word offering, offering our lives, offering ourselves, offering the gifts that God has shared with us, how that is an act of worship for you when you give the offering. If, if you're a first-time guest with us this morning, please don't feel an obligation to give. Your, your being here is, is, is gift enough. But 
Let's continue to worship the Lord with our tithes and our offerings this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to, to give these gifts as part of our worship to you. We pray that we will use them for your glory and that we will give not only them, but we will give our very lives. It's in Christ and in your Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. As we said, you know, worship is an event, but it's a lifestyle. It's not a one-time hour on Sunday morning thing, but it should be 24-7, 365. It, it, it needs to, to be all that we are, not just something that we do. And so we're going to close out with a wonderful song that expresses this. Our, our lives should be lives of praise. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you for taking part in sharing the message for this week. For more information about Connection Community Church, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also reach our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that He offers.